You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And for our fifth episode, it's a bug's life for me because we're talking ank eggs. Remember how ants and bug's life came out the same year? We watched a bug's life under this roof. If you like ants, you get the hell out. can find the Ankhag on page 21 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. It is basically an enormous burrowing ant. It's got pincers, it's got mandibles, it's got a burrow speed, and it spits acid. Basically tremors. This is a CR2 large monstrosity. It's got a burrow speed of 10. It's got a bite attack that deals a little bit of slashing, a little bit of acid, and then it grabs you. And then it's got a recharge 6 acid spray that shoots acid in a 30-foot line they got to make a deck saving throw or take 3d6 acid damage. Yeah, that's the Ankeg. It's a pretty basic monster. It's got one stat block. It's got one page. There's not a lot of other iterations, so this will probably be a quicker episode, but we'll see. First, we're going to talk about the history of the Ankeg in Dungeons & Dragons. The Ankeg first appears right away in the 1977 Monster Manual, all the way back at the very beginning of D&D. Uh, and it appeared pretty much the same as it does now. In fact, a lot of the 5e text actually has deliberate references to that old monster entry. They talk about farmlands and enzymes and nutrient-rich soil. All that stuff is mentioned in the Monster Manual in 77. The 77 version does make one weird distinction about the Ankeg's acid spray. It says it can do it once every six hours, but then once it does shoot it, that it can't digest anything until it kind of makes new acid. It's astounding to me sometimes what people thought in those old days would be important to adventures. Like, how could that ever come up in a monster encounter? Maybe if it swallowed you, if it had already shot its acid, it wouldn't have acid in its stomach, but it can't swallow you. So what is the relevance of that information? Crazy. Second edition introduced a lot more lore, talking a lot about their ecology and their life cycle, borrowing from the praying mantis idea of the female eating the male and like laying her eggs in his corpse. They actually also have a section about how ank eggs are helpful to farmers because they kind of like fertilize the soil that they burrow through. 4E takes that idea of the life cycle even further, and they actually introduce a new monster called an Ankeg Broodling that are minions, which in 4th edition are monsters that only have one hit point. 4th edition was all about making sort of dynamic encounters, so it's not surprising that they would try to find ways to shake up the Ankeg. They also beefed up the Ankeg too, giving it a carry ability, which I really like, some fun minor action stuff, and then it's got like a recharge acid spray, which we see in 5th edition as well. But beyond that, there's almost no lore about the Ankeg in any of the previous settings. Like, FR kind of makes a point that their chitinous plates can be used as armor. That they say is almost as effective as plate, but much lighter. But otherwise, they're just kind of a wandering monster that don't have a lot of roots in any of these settings. Unlike some of our previous monsters like Angels or Aarakocra or Aboleths. Yeah, that's the history of the Ankeg. They have been pretty unchanged the entire time. A little bit of fleshing out here and there, but a burrowing ant that spits acid since 1977. Next, we're going to talk about the positive things about the Ankeg, what we like about this monster.
I especially like monsters that have sort of suggested tactics implicitly baked into their stats, and the Ankeg is definitely one of those monsters. The bite, the burrow speed, and the grab all suggest how this creature should operate without the lore having to say anything about it. The Ankeg bursts out of the ground, grabs a PC, and drags them underground. It's immediately clear how an Ankeg encounter could work. I like that. You don't have to wonder where to put an Ankeg in your game, you immediately understand what kind of encounter it would be. I think the Acid Spray is probably its coolest ability, since it sort of feels like a surprise weapon. Yeah, you know, the bite does a little acid that might signal it, but the last thing the characters are sort of expecting when this weird bug shoots out of the ground is that it's going to hawk this, like, line of acid. I always kind of imagine, like, a sprinkler, right? Like, as it shoots out of its mouth. It's sort of a classic D&D monster secret weapon, and I love those. This is a really minor thing, but there's this tiny little note that I never noticed until reading it this time next to the Ankeg's AC that says it takes a minus three penalty to its AC while prone. This is not only a fun reference to some of the second edition lore. They mentioned that the Ankeg has like a pink underbelly like an earthworm, but it's also a conditional effect that I think more monsters really ought to have. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I like monsters with vulnerabilities. And there's this suggestion here that if you flip the Ankeg over onto its back, it is easier to hit, right? Not only do you have advantage because it's prone, but the AC is even lower. I want more monsters that have things like that, that reward clever players. So next we're gonna talk about things we don't like so much about the Ankeg. As cool as the concept is, I think the Ankeg, as presented in 5th edition, needs a lot of work to be threatening as a solo monster. The action economy here is just totally borked. Followers of Matt Colville will remember that he did a whole breakdown of the Ankeg on his, I think it's his action-oriented monsters video. And I'm pretty firmly in agreement with him about that. The Ankeg, as currently written, would just be very ineffective in the kind of encounter that they suggest for it, right? It's only got one action it grabs one player, and then while that player is grabbed, it can't do anything with them. It's hard to imagine a scenario where a party of four to five player characters, even if they're lower level, don't just beat the tar out of this creature. It doesn't have any way to overcome the five attacks it's going to face every round from a party that's dumping all their powers on it, especially if you consider that this is most likely a wilderness encounter, which suggests that the players are traveling between locations and are going to have all of their powers and spells available to them. Like, this Ankeg is maybe going to last a round or two. It's going to be lucky if it gets a chance to pull anyone underground. So it would need kind of a full rehaul to work as a solo creature. And not that it's intended to be a solo creature, but there's nothing about it fighting with other Ankegs. It's it's not suggested to be sort of social animal. The kind of implicit suggestion here is that it's the shark, right? It's something that comes from under the ground and grabs you and pulls you under, and it it's about making you feel uncertain about the ground under your feet, right? Having a lot of them could maybe work but what it implies is one monster with control of the environment against several characters who don't have control of the environment, rather than a bunch of Ankhags. This is another kind of small quibble, but it's something that I change about the Ankheg every time I run one. This one has 10 burrow speed. 10 feet. I mean, if the conceit is that this creature has, like, mastery of the underground, I have a really hard time imagining that, once again, an Ankheg can really threaten the party with such a low burrow speed. If you're going for, like, a Tremors vibe, they almost have to move as fast if not faster than people on the surface if an ankeg grabs you it can pull you underground and then move 10 feet it's very easy for a character to jump down there and catch you again right it feels anticlimactic 
Lastly, and I feel like I said this about animated objects, but there is essentially no interesting lore here. It's really kind of hard to imagine a monster that has survived every edition, having pretty much nothing to say about it beyond its stat blocks. 2E had some life cycle stuff, but it's nothing that could motivate an adventure or even really an encounter. It's all about mating and offspring and, you know, pink underbellies. It doesn't really have anything to do with the adventurers or the story or the world. Any suggestion about how an ankeg is intended to fit into a campaign world would be most welcome. So what are three things we could do to improve the ankeg to make it a more interesting monster? First things first, I would say that the ankeg needs more ways to disrupt the action economy. So I would give it maybe a bonus action and a reaction and have one of its abilities lock down some player characters. Imagine if the acid sort of like glued you in place, right, when it sprays acid at you. I would maybe give it a reaction that it could burrow underground in response to being targeted or hit by an attack, right, which kind of then goes back to like, where is it searching for it? And then some kind of bonus action. I might even give it like a claw attack. It does seem kind of strange that it's got these big pincers, but it doesn't really use them. Secondly, and this is kind of small, but I would triple that burrow speed to really make it be able to jet around underneath the characters, right? Especially because I always saw an Ankeg as moving through like topsoil, which is much softer. It's not burrowing through rock like an Umber Hulk or a Purple Worm, right? It's only moving through soil. So theoretically, it should be able to move a little bit quicker. And lastly, I would try to expand the monster and talk more about, like, where does it fit in the world? I think you could really run with the ant idea. What does an ankeg colony look like, right? Like, let's assume that this kind of acid spitter is the soldier. What does an ankeg drone look like, right? Kind of like a mindless, kind of like the ankeg broodling we talked about, right? Like, maybe it's a, a like a minion, a very simple creature. What does an ankeg queen look like, right? If it's churning out all of these creatures. The notion of, like, an ankeg hive, or an anthill that you could dig into and there being warrens and tunnels where these creatures dig out. What is the purpose of the acid beyond just using it to digest its prey, right? Like, do they use that to help form their tunnels or eat away at hard rock? I think there's a lot you could suggest about the Ankeg with a couple of extra monsters. I could see an entire dungeon that could be a whole Ankeg mound, like termites, right? That you're digging through and finding egg sacs and, you know, people that have been captured or half digested. You know, really leaning into the insectile nature of this monster could make it feel a lot more interesting. And that's it. That's our fifth episode. I really like the Ankeg. I just think it needs to be beefed up to make it viable as the solo monster it's sort of presented as. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time with our final A episode. We'll be talking about the Azur, sort of the elemental fire dwarf, which should be interesting. I haven't read the, the entry yet. I don't know very much about Azurs, and I'm curious to learn more. Until then, thanks for listening, long live the Ankeg Queen, and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XPWebSeries. And if you like the show, please consider joining our Patreon campaign. For $1 a month, you get access not only to early episodes of this show, but also to brand new homebrew monsters every weekday. You can find us at patreon.com slash XPWebSeries. That's the letters X, P, Web Series. 
The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.